Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Radio with Rasita and Robert. I'm Rasita de Jesus and I'm your host and joining me on the helm as my co-host is my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Gill. Sifu Bob, how you doing today? Doing well. Do, do, you, do you remember how I give you a hard time about winter up north because our winters are so mild and mm-hmm. you know 60, 70 degrees? Well, you can give me the same hard time about summer. Today was 107. I heard. It was like in the upper 80s today over here, and that's uh, usually that's kind of odd. We we're us- we usually go down a little bit um, in September, and then toward the end of September, we get the heat wave type of thing where it's like in the 90s and stuff like that, um, which is always weird every year. But it was really hot today, and I, I heard on the radio that um, you guys are having a heat wave, and there's like uh, fires down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like... Fires. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh my God, when are you guys gonna catch a break? <laughs> we're, we're not because this drought's been on, ongoing for the last three years, and now wow. it's just getting hotter, and we've got the fires. And uh, my uh, daughter just lost a couple, not real close friends. She said she knew them. There was a mm-hmm. uh, a truck that went over cliffs. And my oh, daughter went no. to a, a candlelight vigil on Friday, and oh. it was I saw, you know how they say, news at 10. Well, yeah. they were supposed to have this news story on. But yet, it's L.A. They had a high-speed chase that lasted for two hours. First ever high-speed chase that I saw where the suspect actually ran out of gas <laughs> on the freeway. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they usually, give up, they usually end with them giving up, but this one, they actually ran out of gas. No lie. Wow. Right. Wow. And so they just so they just kind of like coasted to a stop, and here come all the cops. Get out of the car. <laughs> exactly, and that's how we knew it. They just ran out of gas. They they just coasted to a stop. Wow. Hands out the window, the whole bit. So now you know, I I usually start to show off with a funny story about my family doing something funny during the week, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually not does not involve you. This mm-hmm. story, however, <laughs> oh, I don't know which story we're talking about here, but <laughs> well, this one does involve you because last weekend you were down here, and every time you come down, we have a whirlwind weekend where we just go out and do stuff. We're constantly, mm-hmm. we're not, we're almost never, never at my house. We're yeah, just out all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So we went to the Ronald Reagan Library. You know, we had lunch together, dinner. We went to the Honor Award. Well, Sunday comes around, and you and I go to Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know, now, that, that, that tour used to rock, and now it sort of sucks, because they've just changed things and done, done away with things, and, and our, our tour guide had the personality of a turnip. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and they only really have one roller coaster at Universal. All the others are are the cars just move around but stay yeah. in place. Yeah, they and stay in just, place. And then you've got like the wraparound video that makes it look like you're moving. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, we're on this one roller coaster. The only one they got oh! is a mummy ride. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Oh, now she about. knows which story I'm going to tell. <laughs> Okay, okay, well, okay. <laughs> we, 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 this thing starts out really slow and then just jets. Just, you're not expecting it, then that's where they take your pictures when you've got this fear of terror on your face because it's <laughs> like a slingshot, right? It is. Well, we it's go exactly through the like roller coaster and it stops at this wall. Yeah. For like, oh, good. It feels like it's half an hour, but it's about five seconds, right? Yeah. So all I hear is Sifu Rusty next to me. We're at this wall, and I hear her start out going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I start laughing because you, get, you can't help but know what's coming up after this. Yeah, it took me it's a while. It, it took me a while to figure out what was going on, right? And I'll, I'm going to do it right now because I know exactly what I said. I went, oh, no. Oh, no. 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 No, 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 no. Shroom! And then it's like... <laughs> and this thing shoots us backward, and I'm so laughing. I was screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, it was funny. And you know what's funny? I've got to tell the listeners this. You know what's funny is that... Um, you know, some of the roller coasters that pretty much just move and stuff like that and have the 360 degree around, uh, you know, video that makes it look like you're moving. This particular, I, was this an actual coaster? I couldn't tell. It, no, it had the, to have the been. The Mummy Ride was an actual coaster. Okay. But it had the, uh, it had the, I, I, you know, I, I can't figure out how they had that, how they made it work like that. You know what I mean? It was like incredible. But, you know, you, you, you suspend all disbelief when you're on this thing. And then you hit a wall and it stops like you hit a wall. And then, you know, the only place you can go is backwards. And, you know, you're in for a ride going backwards. But some of these rides, especially the ones that just move with the screen, the ones that aren't coasters, the ones that just move, those ones make me sick. Like not like like puking on the ride, but it make they make me like kind of headachey, nauseous afterwards. I'm like, why is that? It's not even moving. So, but you know what, folks? If you go to Universal Studios, go check out the rides. I mean, the Mummy ride, yeah, yeah. At least now you know there's a wall. <laughs> oh my God, that that was fun. But man, you know that uh, some of the other ones. What was? I think it was the Simpsons one. The Simpsons one almost made me want to puke, just because it it took my brain a little while to realize that it was uh, a ride, you know. And something about the, the about the video and how it was presented kind of like made made my inner ear go all wonky, and I you know was feeling kind of like out of sorts. And I'm just like, oh God, give me up this ride. <laughs> But it was really fun. I really liked the King Kong one. That was uh, that was, was that? cool. Yeah, that was very cool. It really looked like King Kong was dropping dinosaurs on the car. It was really cool. But we don't want to spoil it for the listeners that haven't been to the Universal Studios rides yet. So we'll shut up now. <laughs> Just go. Yes. If you can, if you can do it, go. 
and then go to City Walk afterwards because that's really, 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 really fun. Really, really fun. So, and uh, you took me on City Walk some years back. I forgot how many years back, and that was that, that was very... that was a couple of years ago. The first time you were out here, we oh we, uh, right, right. We went to City Walk. Yeah, that was that was very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, well, very cool. Well, you know, listeners, we've got a great guest joining us a little bit later. We've got Maha Guru Cliff Stewart, the, uh, the I guess, the founder of WAR, which is a fighting system called uh, Within Arms Reach, Sealot um, Master. And uh, if you want to call in and speak to Maha Guru Cliff Stewart himself, you can call us at 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine, and we'll be uh, calling him to have him join us on the switchboard here in about half an hour. So stay tuned, everybody. All right. Now, speaking of being in California, um, that was a really fun event that I that I went to California for. It was the Martial Arts History Museum Hall of Honors, and you want to talk about that a little bit, Bob? Oh yeah, that was a blast. Well, it you know when we got trip. there, I wanted to get there a little early. Uh, because they had you know, 200 people scheduled to be there uh, with uh-huh. guests and everything else. Well, Cliff Stewart, Maha Guru, was the first one we saw. Yeah, he was right there Out in the anybody, lobby. He was sitting in the lobby, right? right. Uh, but what a great bunch of people. Most everybody left their egos at the door. I met some outstanding individuals and saw mm-hmm. some old friends that we may only see at the Masters Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, Robert Parham, Lisa King, two ambassadors to the Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, Chris Damian, uh, Don Baird, uh, you, uh, Cliff Stewart, uh, Sean Cephas. Uh, of course, was our old friends D- Doug and Carrie Wong and Carl Cotton. It was just a, unbelievable. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, it was very fun, very fun. And, and um, oh, you want to hear something funny? You know about this, so I want to tell our listeners that okay. when when Lisa King got up there. Now, this mm-hmm. woman is the epitome of beauty. She's the epitome of gorgeous. classy and gla- glamour is the way I, I look. Uh, yeah, glamour uh, is the way I look at it. If so glamour, nice. the 40s uh-huh. come back. The 40s, the 40s, you know, the, the 40s glamour, you know, the, the big screen glamour, glamour stars, you yeah. know. Um, you know, glamour comes back when Lisa King comes to these events because she just chooses all the wonderful, uh, wonderful dresses, perfect hairstyle that just takes you back to the 1940s. Um, and, yeah, it's just – she's just beautiful. I hope you're listening, oh, Lisa. Yeah. We love you to death. We love you to and death. It was funny because I talked to uh, uh, Josh Lieberman. Which I set him up as a photographer for her one time when she was down in L.A. doing a, doing a dance competition. Mm-hmm. And she, she is so unaware – of what kind of a person she is. Not unaware, but non, non-egotistical about it. Right. You know, one of these girls was definitely, she would have ignored me in high school because she was just mm-hmm. so gorgeous. And it was what was really funny. The first thing I noticed when she was on stage giving her acceptance speech, you felt like you were in a room of paparazzi and, and Angelina Jolie was on stage. Yeah, because right? All, it's the, like... all these flashes started going off. Mm-hmm. People that didn't even know who she was. Mm-hmm. Take, now, see, I was down there. I took pictures of, of my friends. I took pictures of you, Lisa, Robert Parham, Don Baird, mm-hmm. uh, Cliff Stewart, and uh, Chris Damian because mm-hmm. I had nominated you and, and that you were personal friends. Well, there were people up there taking pictures of Lisa that had never seen her before. 
Mm-hmm. I've never met her before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, she, and you, and she you can't order. not. Yeah, you can't not take a picture <clears throat> of Crew Lisa King because, like I said, you know, it's like glamour. It's it's pure glamour from the '40s, and that that's the well, especially especially um, the, well, every time, like you know, I. I I'm going through all the Masters Hall of Fame pictures. Every gown she chooses for these events are are perfect. You know, they're not uh, they're not like uh, inappropriate. They they just like bring out all the glamour, and you know that's right. something that we don't see very often. You know, in in the martial art world, right? I mean, this is the time where people come out in these beautiful evening dresses and tuxedos and. It's like the, you know, these types of events are like Academy Awards and, and uh, you know, Grammys and stuff like that. I mean, these are, these are the, you know, great awards for the martial arts uh, world. It's, you know, and wow. But, yeah, Lisa, I hope you're listening because we love you to death. You bring glamour to the martial arts. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. <laughs> and then afterwards. I didn't know her and her husband met during a karaoke contest. And her husband, even though we've been at a lot of events together, this is mm-hmm. the first time I actually met him and knew He's his name. He's a great guy. He's great a great guy. guy. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, they did karaoke afterwards. We ordered pizza and hot wings, and, and we just had a great time uh, at the after party. Yeah, uh, it was it was great. And you know what I what I liked about Lisa's husband? And oh, gosh, for the life of me, I forgot his name. I feel like such an idiot. Ryan, Ryan thank you. I was like, ruh, ruh, I don't remember. Rick, Robert, Ryan, <laughs> Ricky. Um, but, you know, I, you know, and, and, and this is how the people that come to these awards are, folks, because, you know, I mean, I know in past shows we've been talking about, you know, egos in the martial arts and, and stuff like that. And granted, you know, the martial, you know, martial arts world, any sports world will have its share of, you know, ego, egotistical people. It's par for the course. You know, we can't avoid it. But, you know, Ryan's, uh, Ryan, he, he took it upon himself. We were all sitting around and they were hungry. They hadn't eaten. And next thing he leaves because he, he was going to order out. He comes back and said, yeah, you know, I ordered some food. But, you know, when it came, because it was delivered, it was enough for both tables that that were there. Remember that, Bob, where all of a sudden there's like all this food, food for two ta- two full tables. And I was like, you know, we didn't expect that. But he took it upon himself to order enough food for everybody. You That's know, right. and I'm and like, did you, yeah. Did, yeah, but did you see the look on that one guy's face at the other table when I said, okay, we don't want Lisa and her husband to take the, the blunt of of the food. Let's 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 come up with some cash for the guys. Mm-hmm. The look on his face was like that horse scene from Animal House <laughs> when that horse got really wide eyed. Yeah, that was that was the look I got when I asked somebody to chip in a little bit for the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, I I and I hope they did, I and mean, I hope they got taken care of because he ordered like three pizzas and two boxes of wings. That was that yeah. was probably about $60. Yeah. It, it was, it, it was, and I could have sworn it had, it must have been, it looked like it was more. It looked like four pizzas and a whole bunch of wings. I'm like, oh my God, where's this food coming from? And it was enough for everybody. And everyone was hungry. Um, I don't know why. Well, <laughs> I guess it's because we had dinner first and then there was another three hours um, or right, so or right. whatever, right? So we were all hungry. It was a good dinner, though. 
it was very good. It was um, it was very good. And kudos to the Burbank Holiday Inn for for giving their best for that. I mean that was that was very good. Um, the venue was just right, and uh, they were very very hospitable. And so thank you, Burbank Holiday Inn. There's our there's our shout out for them. And it was it was really cool. So, you know, folks, if you um any other martial art people out there, if you happen to have the, you know, uh I guess opportunity or the honor of being nominated for any of these um awards, whether it's the Masters Hall of Fame, um, the Martial Arts History Museum Hall of Honors, which is um which is kinda tough to get into because it's like, yeah, people can nominate, but then it still has to go through the board of directors. The board of directors make the final say. Um, and they can just say, nope, nope, nope. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, they, you know, they, they go through, I don't know how they, how they vet people, but, you know, they go through um, a vetting process. Um, the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I just learned that the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is being held here in Seattle. The one that Jim oh, Thomas right. does. Yeah. <clears throat> next month and uh really? one of uh one of the people that came to my grand opening today which I'll which I'll talk about a little bit later um um Justin who does Um Young Do he was nominated as being um inducted into the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame <clears throat> I was like oh right on and he asked me he's like yeah we've got some openings for teachers would you be interested and I'm like, oh Jesus, send me the information and you know, and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I mean, Jim Thomas. I think I don't know if this is the first time he's ever held it in Seattle, but it's you know being held at one of the big airport hotels out here, you know, with the huge ballrooms and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, huh, interesting. I mean, I don't know if I'll go. I don't know if I'll, you know, teach or anything like that because it'll it'll almost feel like a being, tra- you know, a traitor, <laughs> you know. Uh, but if it's only teaching, then great. But I don't, you know, I don't know if I ever, if I ever get nominated, you know. I mean, how would you do that? If you ever get nominated into another martial arts hall of fame, what would you do? I mean, would you take the nomination? I'd almost feel like a traitor. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know, you know, I've been around, but I, I would, if it was close enough and I didn't have to travel like the USA Hall of Fame is for you this year, I uh-huh. would probably do it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll consider the teaching part, but it was it was kind of nice for to be considered for that. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. All right, well let's uh, let's keep a moving here. So yeah, that was my California trip in the Martial Arts History Museum Hall of Honors. Um, I just got back from my studio's official public opening. It was uh, really fun. We had a lion dance, and we stopped traffic, dude. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> we stopped traffic. <clears throat> the, um, the Master Tony Al, I want to send a big shout-out out there to Master Tony Al and the International Lion Dance team. Um, they are so busy um, all throughout the year, not just during Chinese New Year. They're, all, they're always busy throughout the year, going all over the city. And um, just recently... Myself and some of my students have, um, uh, well, I've reconnected with the Lion Dance team because I used to do a Lion Dance with the International Lion Dance team. I reconnected with them and got some of my students in with the Dragon team that accompanies the the Lion Dance team. And we're just going to work together and, and do stuff all throughout the city so that way it uh, takes some of the brunt off of Sifu Tony. Um, and I want to thank him for that offer 
um, and uh, want to let him know that we'll always be there for him, whatever you know, whatever he needs help with. We're there, Seafood Tony. But yeah, he brought five of his newest best lions. He just got a new shipment in from Malaysia, and he brought five of those beautiful new lions in. So there's five lions and all this loud drumming and gonging, and they're, they start out out front of the building, <clears throat> and you know people start slowing down and stuff like that. But then when the drums and the gong started getting really, you know, really fast and really loud, and the lions started jumping around all over the sidewalk and stuff, I mean, people were stopping in the middle of the street and honking, and, you know, <laughs> we stopped traffic until, like, a block back. <laughs> it was like... Well, and this is a busy, this is a main street. This isn't a side street. We're on a main street. And I'm like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Not car accidents, but I'm looking for, we're here. And if you live in White Center, you know, come to my studio. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Um, and uh, it was great. And uh, we did some martial arts demonstrations and um, stuff like that. And I'll, I'll be putting up a complete video of, uh, of some highlights a little bit later tonight, but it was really fun. And I want to thank everyone that came out and spent some time at the, uh, body movement art studio to, to kind of kick off the public opening. So I guess we're official now. So <laughs> yeah, it only took so, six months. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, about six months. Uh, we got the space in January, started working on it in March, opened in, or no, February, uh, worked, all through, uh, worked all through March to get it ready, opened in April, and we just haven't had time to have an official grand opening, and here we go. So, yeah, so if any of our martial arts friends out there or ever in Seattle, come by and visit. Just, you know, drop me a line. Look me up on Facebook. Drop me a line. Come by. You're always welcome. To work out with us anytime, anytime. Yeah, Any of our listeners maybe are always welcome. One of these days, I'll, I'll make it up there. But now it's getting close to winter. I'll may wait until spring. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not that bad until December, January. <laughs> it's you know, bad enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and fall, fall over here when it's just crisp and not raining. It's actually really, it's actually really beautiful. You know, um, there are places around here where, and you know, Seattle people, you know, call and like, you know, and and help me shout out for Seattle because you know Seattle isn't like cold, rainy, and you know, like yucky and stuff like that. It's not like Chicago winters. It's not like New York winters where it dumps like three feet, you know, <laughs> you know, in ten minutes right. and stuff like that. Uh, but it's really beautiful out here to go out to the Arboretum and, and do stuff in the fall. And uh, and it smells like fall because, you know, uh, fireplaces and firewood and, you know, stuff like that. And it's, um, it's pretty cool. So if you do come out, if there's any way you can like just come out and visit, you know, uh, teach a class or something like that. Um, you know, let's find a way to get you down here <laughs> so that way yes, you can definitely. hang out for a weekend or something, right? All right. You know, um, we, would, we would kill for a a, a uh, uh, rainy season right now. Mm-hmm. You guys wait until your rainy season's over, which is pretty much eleven months a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eight, but <laughs> eight, nine, ten, eight months. yeah, about eight, eight months out of the year. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and luckily it doesn't snow here like it does on the east coast, so that's good. That's good. I don't so, know. You know yeah. what scared me that one time when I saw that picture of your mother, and she looked like the Michelin Man. Michelin Man with the big coat. Because it was, yeah, like, that was so cold, and she was bundled up. 
and she looked yeah. like the Michelin Man. Yeah, it 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 dumped that 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 year, and I'm like, Mom, let's take a picture because it doesn't dump like this very often. So yeah. All right, well, let's move on. So for listeners out there, 347-677-0699, we're also on chat board on the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee. Um, if you're listening through Facebook, um, okay, I'll, I'll check back every now and again if you want to ask questions through there. But tune in because in about another 20 minutes, I know, I, I know about 20 minutes ago I said it was going to be another 30 minutes, but it's now like 6.20, so I'm just going to say another 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 at the latest. We're going to have Maha Guru Cliff Stewart, one of the, uh, one of the best practitioners of, uh, and representatives of CELOT today. Um, so, you know, call in with your questions if you want to know a little bit about CELOT his uh, philosophies on fighting, and all that other good martial arts stuff. All right. So let's move on. I don't have any health news, so I guess that means we get to move on to... news. Oh, no, No, I take that back. I take Ah. that back. I take that back. We're doing birthdays. I take that back. So who do we got for birthdays? Two weeks does to you. Two weeks weeks, we're going to show Jack Seawalk. It jacks everything up. Well, that and coming coming back to where I'm house sitting and basically only having five minutes to start a show. So I'm not like all with it today. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, you had to get the marquee up like four or five days ago because you're going to be too busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, who do we got for birthdays, Sifu Bob? Birthdays, we have an individual I've known probably. Uh, about 40 years, I'm Glenn Grimm. He's a local Burbank resident. His birthday is today. Riley Conroy, a, uh, an individual that I nominated and inducted into the Madison Hall of Fame in, uh, in uh, 2010. His birthday is on the 18th. Ewart Chin, his birthday is also on the 18th. And Veronica Kempo out of Baja, Mexico, her birthday is also on the 18th. So happy wow. birthday to all our friends and Facebook friends. I wish them the best. Yes. Happy birthday to everyone having a birthday this week. And this tune's for you. We sing happy birthday to you. And may all your dreams come true.
happy birthday, everyone. Enjoy your birthday week. Right on. All right. Now, with that out of the way, I guess now we can go on to... Well, today's weird news comes out of Clifton, Colorado. A woman is accused of aiming a gun at kids over what? clarinets. Oh, I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> a Western Colorado woman is accused of pointing a rifle at several children in a neighboring backyard because she was upset that an 11-year-old boy was p- playing his clarinet outside. Oh, gosh. Mesa County Sheriff's deputies believe 60-year-old Cheryl Ann Pfeiffer of Clifton had been drinking before allegedly threatening the children on Wednesday. The Daily Sentinel reports that the boy told Pfeiffer he was practicing the clarinet as part of his homework and couldn't go back inside his grandmother's house because the baby was, because the baby was sleeping. Several of the other children in the backyard with him reported that Pfeiffer also pointed a gun at them and yelled, fire in the hole, as they ran away. Oh, my Deputy goodness. Says, Pfeiffer's rifle was un- wasn't loaded. Pfeiffer declined to comment. She faces possible child abuse and, fe- and uh, felony menacing charges. Wow. Oh, wow. Man, <laughs> pointing gun, pointing a firearm at kids just because, oh gosh, someone needs to take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah, really, huh? Oh gosh, man, that, uh, all right, that's kind of, make just, uh, never mind. I, I, I start to get like kind of pissy when, when people, um, you know, threaten kids or have no patience with kids or, you know what I mean? Um, uh, it just drives me insane. I remember years ago I was talking to uh, a martial artist, and you know they it, it was like at a coffee shop or something. Oh, what do you do? I do martial arts. Oh, I do too. Blah 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 blah. I teach over in you know some some city over the mountains somewhere here in Washington. And I and I go, yeah, I teach kids. I've got a Tiny Tigers group and a Mighty Mites group. And he's like, man, you know I can't stand the little rugrats. You know, won't teach them, never will. They just they just they they're they're just too rude and they don't know what respect is and this and that and the other and I wanted to kick this guy right across the room. <laughs> I was like, you know, you are just you know anyone that doesn't have patience with kids just make me want to vomit. But that's just me. Anyhow. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Okay. So I'm changing my weird my my entertainment news because I just okay. saw something on Facebook and I've seen it before but I hadn't paid attention to it. I was okay. going to do the story about Justin Bieber getting booed and then stripping. But that's, that's sort of been all over the news, so everybody pretty much knows about this. Well, yeah. Hollywood, I, I just saw this pop up, it was the weirdest thing. Danielle Watts, an African-American actress who has starred in Hollywood films such as Django Unchained. This week, she was detained by L.A. police because they thought she was a known prostitute. What? <laughs> She's a major Hollywood celebrity. I mean, she may not be A-list, mm-hmm. but, she, but she was talking on the phone. Now, this is where it's still a little racist down here, actually a lot racist, because she's mm-hmm. married to a white, uh, to a Caucasian. Mm-hmm. 
she was kissing him, showing some public affection, on the phone with her dad, showing huh. her Caucasian husband public affection. Now, the cops had mistaken him for a John or a mm. customer of a prostitute. So they stopped okay. her, and they didn't just stop her and question her. They stopped her and cuffed her. Oh, my God. Full-on <laughs> handcuffed. So she claimed that she, she was handcuffed and detained by Los Angeles police officers after being mistaken for a prostitute. The two police wow. officers, both Watts and her white husband, Brian James Lucas, when they were when they were seen showing affection in public, the actress said in a Facebook post. She claimed she refused oh. to produce her photo ID when asked by police and was then handcuffed. Okay, I got to say something about that. If a cop asks you for your ID, present it to him. Don't even ask questions. And if yeah. you refuse, you're going to end up in cuffs. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So I'm sorry. You know, she's a victim of a poor circumstance that was partly her fault. Yeah. Yeah. So now, if, what if, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, what I don't understand is when people, you know, they, when people like uh, have, feel the need to have to like state their rice, uh, rights and be adamant about it. I mean, yeah, I believe that everyone has rights. And technically, you don't have to show your ID unless you're, you know, and you have the right to ask what you're being detained for and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess it all depends on your attitude about it. If you're going to be an asshole and say, I have these rights and I'm not going to give you my ID because you haven't told me what I'm being detained for and I have right, you're going to get cuffed because that attitude will look to uh, a cop like you're going to cause trouble. So, you know, you know, it, I'm all for rights and stuff like that, but don't be an asshole. Pardon my French. Yeah, partly her fault. I'll have to agree. It is, you know, <laughs> and, it, and, it's just, and, was, and after she, she refused to, to give them her ID, she was then handcuffed and held in a police car as the officers tried to figure out who she was. Thus, that's why she got cuffed. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure this out. And do you know down here, I don't know what it's like up there, do you know it's illegal not to provide identification to a police officer when they ask? You know, I, you I don't know what a, the law is here, yeah. Well, and if you give them a false name because you've got a warrant for your arrest, that's a crime. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> you go to jail yeah. just for that. If, if you, if, I, I, I've saw, seen somebody on, the, on an episode of Cops that, that had her sister's ID and said she was her sister because she had a warrant out for arrest. Mm-hmm. They will figure this stuff out. Yeah, folks. So the police. Was, the police isn't. The police isn't stupid, but apparently my grammar is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the police aren't stupid. <laughs> Ain't so isn't. She reportedly cut her wrist as she was handled roughly by LAPD. You know, this is another thing. You disrespect them. You don't do what they ask for. They will mess you up. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. The, but yeah. there was a time in Burbank that you, if you ran from the cops, you were getting your ass beat. Mm-hmm. Not nicely. That's, but that was expected. Yeah. Everybody knew this back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's not exactly uh, <laughs> protocol anymore. <laughs> Watts also posted pictures on Facebook in which she was, she is handcuffed and crying. She was 
released shortly afterwards. Wow. As I was sitting in the back of the police car, I remember the countless times my father came home frustrated or humiliated by the cops when he had done nothing wrong. She wrote mm-hmm. in the post. I felt his shame, his anger, and my own feelings of frustration for, in, for existing in a world where I have allowed myself to believe the authority figures could, could control my being, my ability to be. You know mm-hmm. what? I'm sorry. If she would have presented her ID properly and didn't disrespect them, they would have asked her some questions, run her license. She would have never been cuffed, and she would have gone home happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, I, I look at it this way, because like, I remember when I got pulled over because someone stole my, my tabs off of my license plate. I, got pulled, I had no idea why I was being pulled over. Um, so I was pretty surprised, right? Now, I could have said, you know, why are you pulling me over? I could have said that, you know, because he didn't even start with, you know, why I pulled you over. He's like, you know, hey, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, just small talk and stuff like that. And I could have asked, you know, and I could have had an attitude, but I just let it go because I'm like, you know, I know I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with my car that I don't know about. Well, I'm just going to wait till he tells me. So he's like, well, you know, you're driving expired license plates. I'm like, uh-uh. I got my tabs renewed last week. In fact, I've got a receipt. I showed him the receipt. Uh, but I had to make sure I told him my receipt is in my glove box. Would you, you know, like me to open the glove box in a special way? You know, that kind of thing. And he was actually surprised about that. He's like, no, go ahead and open it. And I'm like, here's my receipt. And he's like, oh, well, it's gone. You don't have a – you don't have – a 2008 tag on it or something and and that was fine you know found out I did martial arts gave him a card he actually came to visit like a couple weeks later it was all cool and you know as long as you know you don't have anything going on just do what the officers say if they say get out of the car get out of the car (laughs) that's right and don't get mad you know the same exact thing happened to me that just happened to you except I was just late in paying it but the, mm-hmm. the, 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 like the check was on the way up to the DMV, no problems. It was just I hadn't got the tags yet. Yeah. The cop pulled me over down by LAX. I had my hands on 10 and 2, mm-hmm. and they never moved. Yeah, exactly. I had my hands up there, and too. At the, <laughs> and <laughs> at, the, at the end, yeah. the cop started laughing. He says, next time, be more, more respectful. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I was like, yes, sir, no, sir. I was like, my hands weren't moving. My passengers stood there, so mm-hmm. still. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I did too. The, the second, yeah, well, the second he got out of his patrol car, I just put my hands on the steering wheel and I did not move. I didn't even look around. I looked in the rearview mirror and looked up at him, and you know, hi, officer, blah blah blah, and talking about the weather and junk like that. And he's like, you don't have any plates, and I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> No, you don't. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, you know, and and asked asked him if uh, uh, if I could open the glove box, and you know that reminds me, and and I promise, folks, we'll get to the rest of the show, but this is kind of a this is kind of uh, um, important information too, because you know this is a, a form of you know martial arts, you know, self protection in a way, you know, um, it's all about. Um, just being able to 
uh, what's the word? It's all about being able to keep your cool and not be a jerk and just kind of go with the flow and, and make sure that you're doing what's, what's right for whatever comes your way. And, if, you know, if it means self-defense and that's what's right, then go for it. But if it means swallowing your pride and not being an asshat when, a, when, someone pulls, when the cops pull you over, swallow that pride. You know, if you've got nothing going on, then what are you worried about? Anyway, um, hey, Bob, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Oh, okay, that was weird. My computer said reconnecting the server, and somebody, like, called in, but then they hung up, and I thought, am I, like, still on the air? What's going on? But anyhow, um, so with the, with that, so we could go on and on about this. But anyway, just you know, don't be an ass when you get pulled over, folks. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so again, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a short break. During that break, we're going to get a hold of our special guest, Maha Guru Cliff Stewart, um, who is a great representative of the art of silat. And uh, if you have any questions about CELOT, if you don't know what it is, if you want to learn more about it, stay tuned. We're going to have him him on in about, mm, I'd say maybe about four or five minutes. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Hey, MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller here. School bullying and cyberbullying statistics are increasingly viewed as an important contributor to youth violence, including homicide and suicide. Let's kick bullying together. Go to we'rekickingit.com. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics, or RAD. Please don't drink and drive, and don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Guru Rocky Twitchell of Citrus Heights, California. And you are listening to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio.
And now, on with the show. All right, and we're back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rasita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And we've also got a chat board on our Blog Talk Radio show marquee. If you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, just scroll down a little bit under the marquee and type any questions you have there. But it's more fun to call in, so call in. So with that said, I'd like to turn the mic over to Sifu Robert Deal, who, uh, if you could in- introduce our very special guest today, I'd greatly appreciate it. I could. We, you know, uh, Mahaguru and I were having a, a conversation about our history together. We've sort of chewed some of the same dirt uh, at, at events. You know, I introduced uh, Greg uh, Wolverine to Inside Kung Fu Magazine. They brought Cliff in to ask legitimacy. Who, mm-hmm. else, who, who else better to bring in and ask legitimacy about a martial artist than Mahaguru <laughs> Cliff Stewart, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he taught, right? Him and I taught at the first Cambudos together. 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, so please help me welcome to the show, Maha Guru Clifford Stewart. Welcome to the show, Maha Guru. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's yes, my thank uh, pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Well, for um, our listeners out there, I'm going to give that number again because, you know, if you want to learn a little bit um, about um, Silat, if you want to learn about uh, philosophies on self-defense and self-protection, this is the man to talk to. Give us a call, 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine. Well, with that said, Mahaguru, um, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your background, that would be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where to start, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I started off uh, my formal training. I started off in judo, and from judo I went to uh, karate, Shotokan slash gojuru. My sensei did both. From there, I went into Hapkido with uh, Seo Choi and Bong Su Han. Uh, then I went into uh, Kempo with uh, Ed Parker's style of Kempo. Then uh, I went into Chung Fa, which uh, was a little June Fa uh, in uh, Northern Praying Manis. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went into kickboxing with... Uh, a friend of mine, Jer- uh, Jerry Smith, and uh, the late great uh, Joe Lewis. Wow. And mm-hmm. we worked on kickboxing and uh, 25 principles of uh, fighting. Um, then I went with Dan Inasano and dealt with uh, uh, JKD and June Fon on his side, plus Filipino martial arts. I studied with uh, Angel Cabales. I did uh, a number of uh, defensive tactics courses, uh, PPCT, uh, FBI, and then I got involved in uh, uh, grappling in the JKD with Larry Hartzell. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing, uh, started my war program then within arm's reach because I was involved in executive protection. Mm -hmm. And I uh, took, uh, information and principles and concept uh, that I learned uh, uh, how to try to blend these ideals and principles from uh, uh, Sifu Dan Inasano and started my Within Arms Reach program and then later on while working with a client I looked on uh, 
on the television, and there was this man throwing uh, seafood Burt Richardson around like a rag doll, which was uh, Pendecker Paul de Toise, and I said, I need to learn some of that. So that's how mm-hmm. I got into into Sea Lot, and then uh, I had met Dan. We were doing a Smoky Mountain camp, and I was teaching firearms, and Dan was teaching his mythology on uh, JKD and stuff. But he then opened up and started to share Sea uh, Lot, uh, and I think that was in the mid '80s. And then I, that's when I got involved. In my, in my war program is is uh, different than than the Sea Lot. Most people think that the that I started my war program from Sea Lot, but uh, mm-hmm. that's not the case. My war program was already uh, uh, entrenched and involved. Uh, I used it to. I was uh, involved with the American uh, teachers of of law enforcement and and those kind of things. And that's pretty much an overview of of, of some of the stuff. Oh, I was NRA firearm instructor, scuba. I go on and on. So for me, uh, wow, it's a litany of uh, of of training. That's wow. awesome! Wow, That's, those are legends you know that you've been training with. Yes, oh, I've been. In fact, your kickboxing instructor Jerry Smith threw. Wasn't he sitting at our table at the honor ward last week? Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Jerry, Jerry, and I go back all the way to the '60s together. Yeah. And, That's awesome. Uh, and Grandmaster Jerry was involved in the Tracy's uh, school system where he met Joe Lewis, and uh-huh. uh, they became friends. And then we started training uh, with Joe in full contact uh, back in the day when he was training with Bruce Lee, and then uh, Bruce and him, they would work out a principle, and then he would come and use that principle to put knots on our heads. And then, uh, and then we had a chance to uh, try to do the same. He would teach us how to do it, and so we grew on on uh, all these uh, fighting principles that uh, that I think uh, very few people understand the full uh, 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 depth and length of all the uh, principles that uh, Bruce shared with Joe. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! So it sounds like girl. So you were. You were actually learning Jeet Kune Do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, of course. You were learning JKD before they really had a name to it. Well, no, you know, I think, I think it was simultaneously. You know, uh, I think Bruce was teaching Joe because he because Joe was a good way to express his principles because Joe was fighting for real. At the same time, the uh, Chinatown group. Uh, with uh, uh, Jerry Petit and Richard Bastilles and uh, Larry Hartzell and Dan Inasano, uh they were more instructing uh, his June Fawn concept. And I think Joe was really a, uh, a part of the lab that he could express it in real combat where, where somebody was really fighting and not so much theoretical. Uh, as you do, you know, in school with saying, punch me, kick me, spar. But when people are really trying to uh, uh, to harm you or knock you out, uh, then that's a different expression of uh, of, of principles and, and, and how they work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of course. And, of course, you were brought up in the 60s and the 70s when there were no such thing as sparring equipment. 
hand pass. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 I think I, I think you were considered a wimp if you had a cup. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's right. <laughs> you just put on your gi pants and your gi top and your belt, and, and that was enough. <laughs> and, and and that was true. Like a lot of my male classmates when I was in my teens, that was uh, all they would put on is their gi pants. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be like, know. what is that that I'm kicking? Dude, where's the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, go, you say, well, you have to block. Well, you know, that's... That was probably a, a, a real good incentive to, to work on it your was. downward block or, or at least, your, you know, to be able to parry or, or step out the way. So, uh, That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Totally oh old God. school. Yeah, yeah, old school. That was truly old school. Now, uh, Guru, you're, of course, very heavily involved in executive protection uh, or CPA, as you call it, close uh Close protection agent. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, can, how did you get involved with this? Are you your own agent? Meaning that oh, there's a lot of companies out there that hire individuals like you to protect their clients. Uh, tell us about your executive protection background and how it works. Well, uh, I really started. I was uh, working for a uh, concert promoters promoter and I was uh, producing uh, the field, I was field producer for the concerts and I'm talking like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire, those kind of concerts. Uh, mm-hmm. So what happens is that in those days we, well I, I, they probably do the same, after the concert is over everything is done in cash. There's no uh, wire, there was no do this, do that. Everything was cash mm-hmm. and carry. So one time we were at a hotel, and this was in Kansas City, and somebody didn't close the door all the way, and the busboy came in, and we had 150K spread out over the uh, the bed uh, counting it. And, our, and all our hearts dropped, and said, but luckily he was just picking up the dishes. So the promoter said, Cliff, man, we got to do better security. So that's part of then that became part of my job, and I start to read and I had a martial arts background, uh, but and I had done some uh, event security when I was in college, but nothing on the uh, uh, the personal level. So then I start to try to learn and read and go to school, and uh, so I was doing both. And then I said I can't produce the, uh, the field producing of the concert, and do security. He said, mm-hmm. I'll pay you twice as much to do security. So that's how I got into the, the professional exec protection because uh, it paid more money, and I was really assigned just to the promoter. And from the promoter, uh, other promoters would call me and say, Cliff, I want you to go out with me and, 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 and watch my back. And we would do things like uh, we would initially have rooms in the in the Hilton, and then we'll have a room at the Howard Johnson. So after the concert, we had all the cash. We would never check out the Hilton, but we'll wind up under a different name at the uh, Howard Johnson, or we would catch a, a, a plane uh, and, and be gone at the at midnight, and people would still think we were there. 
So, wow. so I did that for a while, and then Muhammad Ali's people saw me doing that, and and I got a chance to work for the champ, and I uh, did personal protection with him for for two years, and then Larry Flint, Hustler Magazine, their people called me uh, after he got shot, and mm-hmm. I started working with uh, Mr. Flint. And during that time, I had uh, with uh, James, the late James Garner, which what a great guy, mm-hmm. uh, Joan Collins, uh, Mr. T. Uh, I worked for Saudi Prince. I worked for a French diplomat. And I think my experience is different as where some of the, the security people had have very short-term uh, employment. I had very long-term all the time. It was years uh, that I worked for these people and not a couple of weeks or stuff, and I was with them all the time. And then eventually I worked for Wesley Snipes, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty much uh, a brief uh, thumbnail of uh, of my uh, involvement. At a time, though, I start teaching. I have... uh, uh, executive protection, post-secondary credential to teach uh, executive protection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that for a number of years, and I, I wrote a book, and I have uh, about a dozen or more instructional. Now, used to be tapes, but now I'm having transferred to DVDs. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's a and that's a, a thumbnail of uh, my executive protection. I and I traveled. Uh, uh, I was generally in country uh, for a while, but when I dealt with the Saudi prince, I was probably in Europe, North Africa, Saudi Arabia, uh, South America, uh, Spain. Uh, four to five months every year for wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, for for our listeners out there that that might be listening that want to get into executive protection, um, what advice would you would you give them? Because I've met a few guys that think that all they have to do is be big and they can be a bodyguard, quote unquote, right? And right. there's a lot more to it, I would imagine, but. You know, what advice would you give people that want to get into the field of executive protection? Well, you know, uh, in my book I have a, a chart that, that that ranges all the way from buddy guard, and a buddy guard mm-hmm. is somebody that is uh, a friend of, a, say, a, a musician, a rapper, a rock star, and they hire him on a security with no mm-hmm. background and, and no, just a buddy guard. They're there because mm-hmm. I like you and and I'm going to have you share this money, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get paid the big bucks, then you have to bring the same kind of credentials, the same kind of understanding as a retired Secret Service, FBI, mm-hmm. those kind of people that have skills. But in the private sector, they uh, what they don't have is that they don't have all the uh, – Backup mm-hmm. uh, in the private sector. If it's two of you, you're good. If it's more than two of you, then you better watch out because your client is 
having a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you have to bring uh, uh, education that you should not. Uh, if someone speaks to you, that you can speak in a clear and concise and a reasonable manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should dress appropriately for the client. Mm-hmm. You should understand uh, the responsibilities, not only the physical responsibility, but the sh- social as and well as the uh, cultural responsibility of not embarrassing your client and not embarrassing yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need those, those backgrounds. Do you... Do you have to be big? Not at all. Women stand a, 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 a great opportunity when uh, uh, people would like to have a female with their uh, with their wives or their daughters, mm-hmm. because then they can escort them everywhere, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it tends to be a, a, an easier uh, way of of flowing with uh, with everything. Uh, you mm-hmm. need to want to and should be up on everything that's happening in the world today. You should be involved with uh, expertise in firearms and edge weapons Mm -hmm. and uh, just conversation, uh, basic knowledge of of other languages or, you know, which way is the bathroom, yes, no, where the car is, those kind of things or crucial if you're going to be to place yourself in a high paying position. That's very good wow. information and and I I hope that, that the listeners good. out there are taking that to heart because you know like I said, you know, it it's always like the the big guys that think, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm big. I'm going to be a professional wrestler or I'm big. I, I'm going to right. get in I'm going to be a bodyguard, you know, or I'm going to be right. a bounty hunter or something and they forget that they that they need more skills and just being able to be big and thinking they can fight. Um it's it's well, a lot well, of it's you know, mental, people, yeah. I remember one one time when I was watching the news and as breaking news, Justin Bieber's bodyguard just beat the crap out of somebody. They don't really, mm-hmm. That's not what your job is about, right, girl? Right. You know, and, and that's another uh, educational uh, uh, information that, that you should have. There mm-hmm. is criminal, and then there's civil. And it, you being an agent for a person puts your client in jeopardy uh, mm-hmm. because you represent them. So you can have a criminal problem or a civil problem where they sue you for lower sums of money, or you can mm-hmm. have both. And uh, and I think a, a lot of times that's not stressed. Because, I mean, you could have a great martial arts background, uh, but you can't do a spinning heel kick to a guy that grabs uh, somebody's wrist. Now, you mm-hmm. can, but it, that's a little excessive. So there is a, a, a force cry, uh, a force continuum uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that you should be aware of, and you being a civilian is that you don't have any extra powers than anyone else. So mm-hmm. all these things are, are just part of the package of, of you understanding what you need to do to be in, a, in the higher level of being hired to protect mm-hmm. someone. Right. Exactly. Well, it looks like 
Um, we have a caller on the line, but it looks like he's listening. So anytime, caller, when you'd like to speak to Mahaguru, just press one so I know you can <laughs> so I know you we can bring you on. So anyway, for our listeners out there, our phone number here, by the way, is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Don't forget our chat board on the Blog Talk Radio show marquee if you're listening live through Blog Talk Radio. Right now, we're speaking with Maha Guru Cliff Stewart. All right, and uh, let's uh, bring the mic over here to Bob, and uh, I'm sure Bob's got lots of questions. <laughs> and then we'll oh, take the call. And you have to remember, Guru, that I wrote these questions, so I, I may understand them a little bit because I wrote them from a personal aspect of knowing you for okay. a number of years. Now, you know, reading your bio today, there was, and I believe this because I've, I, you know, I've, I've taken, I, I studied with you at like uh, Camp Budo for a little while, and uh, you have a way that's rare of transferring information to your students uh, that other instructors have to work very hard at, and you've become a master at just conveying information to your students. Oh, well, thank tell you. Us, thank you. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy, about your teaching. And, and conveying such a high level of information. Well, you know, I uh, uh, I think you have to uh, to learn uh, your uh, your trait your your trade very well, and I try to overlearn what what I do, and I've okay. had practical experience, and I enjoy it. I mean, I have mm, fun with mm-hmm. it. I don't take myself serious. Uh, uh, you know, doing it because my job is to try to have you remember, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm sharing with you, so that you can use it uh, in any way that you can to to better your martial arts, to better your self-defense, whatever it is. But I I try to enjoy it. I try to keep it simple, and sometimes I even keep it silly. So. Uh, uh, when it's so, I think out of uh, out of the box, then people have uh, 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 can remember it. Like I, one of my warm up uh, that I use, I use a chorus line uh, where people kick, you know, like a, in a chorus line. Mm-hmm. But 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 really, it is oblique kick. Uh, but I don't call it oblique kick. I call it chorus line. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, 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 the funky chicken where you flap your elbows. But those are, uh, are, are very uh, short elbow strikes uh, that people remember. So that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff I use a, a lot to, to have fun and to play music and to get people uh, uh, relaxed and not so mm-hmm. rigid uh, uh, when it comes to uh, digesting uh, the things that I'm I'm trying to share with them. Oh, so you you don't Very recommend cool. my theory, you don't recommend my theory about getting relaxed taking a shot of tequila before class, right? Uh, no, that's <laughs> not that's not recommended uh, <laughs> in my class. So, uh, no. <laughs> oh, that would have gotten a rim shot, Bob, but I can't find it right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we well, have a, we have a caller that now press one for you, Sifu. Yeah, yeah. We have another person on the line with us that also knows you very well. And uh, it's my pleasure to bring on the line Grandmaster Daryl Sargent of Modern Combat Masters on Blog Talk Radio. Grandmaster Sargent, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Blessings to each and every one of you. Uh, Mahaguru, to, yes, to Sifu, and to uh, Professor uh, Dale. How are you guys? We're doing Hi. fine. How are you doing? Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us. Very no cool. Well, we're really happy to have you with us because, you know, as someone that's, uh, you know, that's uh, also trained with uh, Mahaguru, it's, you know, this, this is going to make for a really interesting conversation. I'm really, I was really excited about today's show. I had to rush here to, to do it because I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> this is great. So since we, since we have you on the line, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring the mic over to you, Grandmaster Daryl. Um, uh, do you have any questions for uh, Mahaguru that, uh, that would benefit our listening audience? Uh, well, sure. Just, just throw me out there like that. Uh, no problem. Yep. I'm okay. good at that. <laughs> Good at that. <laughs> I throw I throw Bob under the bus a lot. It's <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, Mahaguru, you see how they do me. So okay. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Right. I know. Just just <laughs> ask away. Ask away. <laughs> okay, Mahaguru. So uh, within your your system of of C-Lot, um, it is based out of uh, a, a a what they would call a mother art or a family art. Can you share a little bit about what the family art is called, uh, kind of where it kind of originated from, and then the art form that was developed from it uh, here in America? Okay. I, uh, my main uh, instructor, uh, guru, uh, was uh, Paul, the late Paul de Toise, uh, and he comes from a Syrah, Syrah, the background, uh, he was Dutch Indonesian. His uncles uh, uh, shared this this uh, uh, information. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, that was uh, my my bad. My phone. Uh, and uh, from there, he created Buta Nagara, which is a subsystem from uh, uh, Sarat. And uh, he shared uh, that uh, with me and a number of other people. And uh, we then have taken the base of, of those, uh, those arts and uh, gone our separate ways and expanded them with other uh, arts, Wali Sango, Harry Mao, uh, and other Sealot uh, arts. Uh, and uh, that's where we are. It's very difficult to try to explain what what these arts are. I mean, they're about mm-hmm. leverage, and they're about uh, 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 understanding postures. They're understanding nerve strikes. They're understanding uh, the ability to unbalance the, uh, the opponent. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the ability to fight from standing to uh, uh, low uh, kneeling. Uh, mm-hmm. There's involved in kicks and locks and... Uh, everything else that uh, that other arts has, but uh, they have a unique what they call lankas, and they are geometric uh, shapes like triangles and squares uh, called tigas and sliwas, and uh, the lankas provide footwork, and the footwork or enables people to. Uh, to get out the way or, or become offensive as well as defensive, and mm-hmm. also that the uh, 
the lankas can be then taken from the floor and put on uh, on the body to understand the correct angle and uh, location of points on the body. So it's almost like mm-hmm. that old uh, Star Trek where they had three-dimensional chest, and oh, uh-huh. uh, and that's part of the the art uh, learning the art. Plus, there's weapons and and a number of things, but these arts have been uh, really closed door. That is, they haven't been open to the public until late, and mm-hmm. uh, they um, uh, have a whole different uh, uh, way. Is that the sea lot art f- from Indonesia is different than the Japanese arts or Korean arts, as mm-hmm. where they're more fluid and circular and up and down, uh, as whereas other arts can be a lot more linear and very strong and powerful, uh, mm-hmm. going straight. But they have angles also. But the sea lot has a, a, a number of angles. And, and what I teach is called complementary angles. And that is the angles of your, your shoulder uh, will not be the same as your, as your feet. So say my, my, I'm facing a person nose to nose and my shoulders are square. So I call that 90 degrees. Well, all my lower body action will be at 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will complement each other, and that will maximize the ability to uh, defend, to attack, uh, to move. So uh, that's just a hint of some of the things we do in in, in what I call uh, uh, Keylot, uh, L.A. Keylot is 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 what the Keylot system that I I teach and stand for. Very cool, very cool. Now, for for anyone that might ask, um, what what would you say would be um, one of the differences between um, actual Indonesian silat and Dutch Indonesian silat. Is it just um, uh, is Dutch Indonesian silat? Um, is is it a term that just comes about from the from the Detours family? I mean, is there a distinct difference between the two? Well, you know, uh, if you you have to understand some of the history uh, involved in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indonesia was were uh, was taken over by the Dutch and enslaved the uh, mm. Indonesian people. So like like most places, there there's interracial uh, marriage and children and things. Mm-hmm. When the Indonesians got their independence, they had the Dutch lead and any of the uh, Dutch uh, and Indonesian children, miscegenated uh, children, uh, had to leave under penalty of death. Whoa. Oh, so uh, I don't know if you know Dr. G from Bondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never met a, him, but yeah. <laughs> but 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 anyway, Dr. G, in fact, saved uh, Pendeka Paul and and his brothers from a mass uh, murder uh, plot that was going to happen to them the next day. So the Gurkhas came in and rescued them and took them away. So they have uh, uh, had a chance to to learn some of the Indonesian styles, and I'm sure 
they have their own interpretation of mm-hmm. uh, of it. So that's the difference. Indonesian uh, stayed there, and they have different lineages of of the Sarah. And uh, the Dutch uh, Indonesians went to Holland and Netherlands and and progressed through there. And eventually uh, some came here, and that's how we were able to uh, to learn some of the uh, the sea lot. Very cool. Thank you for that explanation. That that helps a lot because I because I knew there's probably people out there that are wondering, well, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, Sifu Bob, let's turn the mic over to you. Oh yeah, throw me in the bus now. Lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ask away about the Silat. I mean, you know, this is, you know, I mean, Silat is, you know, is one of those arts that, that, you know, it, it, I, I, I feel like at least through social media from what I've read that it's not getting the attention that it, that it deserves. You know, I mean, talking with Grandmaster Daryl, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, a multifaceted art and, and just very beautiful from just what I've seen. And it's, it's like, you know, wow, you know, it, uh, it it the attention needs to be there on it because it's it's brutal and beautiful and uh, so yeah I'm I'm just gonna think up as many questions as I can because <laughs> you know I want to know more you about know, it, it too. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is very I, I, uh, very brutal. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it it yeah it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know I've studied seminars with a mutual friend of close of mine uh, Guru uh, uh, Louis Campos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very excellent uh, guru. Very excellent practitioner extraordinaire. Yes. I mean, the guy is just knowledge based. It was funny. We were sitting in my my backyard about three years ago. We were having uh, pizza and and uh, other things made out of hops and uh, mm-hmm. other things son, made out of hops. And we had Mark Stewart there and Louis Campos, myself, and a bunch of students. I said, I said Brandon, do you realize there's 150 years of martial arts just in this backyard? And I looked at Louis, and I said, and that's just Guru Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We went through the system at the same time, and he's a yeah, I thought so. Yeah, very knowledgeable. Uh, and he'll be at the camp uh, that I'm having this up and coming weekend, and uh, very detailed, very uh, uh, knowledgeable uh, guru. Very knowledgeable. Very. Well, what I'm interested in, Guru, is uh, your. How did you come to choose the art that you studied? Because some of them are, you know, everything complements everything, but but like. You've got northern praying mantis mixed in with kickboxing, mixed in with tenjak. Uh, did, did you did you hold an interest in the arts that you studied, or were you looking to complement what you've already done throughout your years? No, I'm just uh, confessing. I'm just a martial arts junkie, and uh, um, I just went wherever I could. In the beginning, uh, there was only judo. Uh, that was, uh, you know, there wasn't much to that. I didn't see karate uh, until I was uh, uh, graduated from high school, and then I was able to get my showdown in judo, and they had a demonstration of a karate master breaking a brick, and I said, boy, that's what I want to do. And uh, so that's how I got involved in it. And then, you know, when you learn the basics, uh, 
you know, you got front kicks, back kicks, Yoko Gary side kicks, or roundhouse kicks, my, my Washi Gary. Then I thought I, I, I knew everything, and then I, uh, in my young, impetuous uh, uh, youth, uh, went dojo hopping the sport with people. Then I ran into hop keto guys, and they were doing all kind of kicks that I never dreamed of. And so I studied hop keto. So it was just uh, not only just that I was interested in all martial arts, but the availability uh, of me being able to uh, find somebody to teach something different. The uh, June Fon, uh, uh, what I call uh, he, uh, a guy named Paul Dalton, and he called it a uh, Chung Fa. He was a Kempo man from Ed Parker. He had studied Northern Manus, and he was in West L.A. when I was going to UCLA. So it was easy to get to his dojo, and they were doing uh, uh, a little, uh, and Bruce uh, would come by there because they had a Porsche. Uh, under on, Underneath the, the his dojo, there was a Porsche shop, and I think Bruce had a Porsche there, or Steve McQueen or somebody, but 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 that's where why I was over there because it was just convenient and different. Uh, then I I wanted to uh, uh, you know we were still we helped found the BKF Black Karate Federation. Uh, Ron, Dr. Ron Chappelle, Grandmaster Jerry Smith, and myself. So that was another thing we did, and we started uh, uh, the BKF initially was a blend of Shoenru, uh, Kempo, Hapkido, and we blended these arts together for the BKF. Then uh, after that, we got into uh, uh, the mode of wanting to uh, uh, to really uh, test it when Contact came out. And that's when I said with that uh, Jerry Smith uh, knew Joe Lewis and in Joe would uh, would give us private lessons and and try out what he learned and then t- teach us and then we would try to do it against each other and then I wanted to learn weapons and I went to uh, Dan and Asano because I wanted to learn weapons and that's where where my weapons started off and yeah well Very and what cool. is so cool you you have. And we've talked to some some people. You know, I've talked to Donnie Williams and and Ron Chappelle. And you come from a background that's very unique, and that you saw the evolution when you could when you could only study dojo or jujitsu, uh, dojo judo or jujitsu. There was nothing else left, nothing else out there. Right, right. There was you know there were uh, although California was a, I think a, a mecca for the ability to have different martial arts uh, teachers. You had uh, Chinatown with Art Wong Huey. You had mm-hmm. Mr. Parker. You had uh, G. LaBelle. You had Bruce Tegner. You had other people that had different uh, uh, experiences in the martial arts and, and, and were teaching it. So, uh, But I was just a junkie. I just went everywhere I could to learn anything I could. That's so. awesome. Now, do you maintain the teachings today of all the arts you've studied, including the brain, uh, the brain mantis and the Kali and the Penta, do you include everything in your war program? Well, yeah, see, here's the difference. Some oh. people try to put together techniques together, 
I don't mm-hmm. do that. I had the blessing of dealing with uh, uh, Dan Inasano being being one of my instructors, and so it is based upon range, right? If you're mm-hmm. in a kicking range, then you could use any kicks that you can use within that range. If you're in a punching range, then you can use any punches that you can do. If you're close mm-hmm. combat, we can use elbows, head butts, knees. Uh, then uh, that's what you do. But my war is based upon uh, principles, like uh, the point of view, uh, POW, I call it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, breaking the opponent's vertical plane, attacking mm-hmm. shoulder and hip alignment, attacking the base, the legs of the person, being able to transfer energy into vulnerable points on the body, being able to anticipate uh, 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 lines of resistance and reaction. So mm-hmm. there's a there's just a group of of principles I I use in in uh, in teaching war, and that comes from Dan. It came from Joe Lewis, where where he had all these uh, uh, principles. And mm-hmm. so I'm not uh, 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 bound by by that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that if I want to take a person to the ground, it's much easier if I change their structure, if I put their hips out of alignment and, and sweep their leg out, then they'll mm-hmm. fall. If I, if I hit them, how do I generate power? Uh, is size a, a, a component? For sure. But if I understand that a, a, maybe a, a knuckle punch to the solar plexus or to the rib cage, is going to be effective for anybody, cause a, causes a disruption and pain. And if I step through, if I use the torque of my upper body and I have the right breath control. So all these things are principles. Uh, Mr. Parker told me one time, uh, great, the uh, grandmaster, uh, uh, Mr. Parker told me, he said, Cliff, what you want to strive for is sophist- sophisticated simplicity. Mm-hmm. That is, it looks simple, but it has many, many layers of understanding. So wow. uh, the war program is based upon many, many levels of of layers. Uh, I have a drill I call the 20 count. It used to be the 14 count, but now it's a 20 count, which teaches you how to deal with, with punches, uh, straight punches, hook punches, punches to the torso, kicks, Muay Thai tie-ups and things, and it's a drill. And what mm-hmm. I've found in my life is that, is that when you get a drill that is great for timing and distance and allows you to, to do this drill quickly and respond, that in the real world when it happens, you respond in the proper manner. When people say, well, you should spar. Well, not if you can't hit people. People spar in judo, but they get to actually throw people, and they get mm-hmm. to actually deal with the resistance, and they get to see how people uh, uh, counter you from, from doing what you do. But in empty hand uh, sparring, when you're doing like karate, you can do that, but you really don't have the go-through of, of hitting people. And, and, and you can generate bad habits of uh of not being able to uh to really express yourself uh when you need to. So mm-hmm. for me my uh 
20 count deals with all this building up of, of coordination and hand speed and being fluid and then being able to what I call the X, Y, and Z factor. So, so, so we do a parry lift for a punch. And then I add an X factor, which is a, is a kick, a punch, an elbow, a headbutt. The Y factor is a takedown, a throw, uh, a neck compression, a face compression. And the mm-hmm. Z is that I add a weapon in, into it, a, a edge weapon or an impact weapon. So within the 20 count, you can really expand uh, uh, on the use of the drill and being able to to set your timing to put put your your kicks in, put your punches in, to put your throws in, to put your chokes in. Mm-hmm. So, and I found, and, and for me, another great thing is that is that when I teach uh, people this this drill that they can maintain this drill for years without even practicing. And if they lose it, when they come back, within a matter of hours, of an hour, they're right back in sync. So, right uh, on. Uh, uh, so that's, that's part of the war program that I'm most proud of. Very cool. Well, I'm going to throw somebody else under the bus for you. Okay. Uh, I texted my best friend on the planet, and he happens to be on the line right now, but he did not press once. But I'm going to bring him on anyway. He can chew me out later, but he's 2,500 miles away. <laughs> he just away. did. He pressed one. He pressed one. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Greg Woodridge, my buddy, is online with us right now. Hello? Hey, Master Stewart. Master Greg. I- how are you, uh, Matt? I tell you something. Um, you are the you are one of the few truly um, impacted my life. Um, when, we, when we sat in the room with uh, with Curtis Wong and you and I and 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 Bob and when I first got uh, my intro into the magazines, you were uh-huh. the one that that. Uh, was the person I kind of had to to uh, satisfy, and um, <laughs> wow. I remember it vividly. And you started something that had shaped me for the rest of my life. And I just can't say thank you enough, uh, Grandmaster, because you really are what Grandmastership is all about. Well, thank you so much. But you know, you were a, you were you were a real world per- person. You're in law enforcement and risking your life every day for us. So I knew that you uh, uh, could use any suggestion that I could uh, share with you. Well, you know, you know, uh, you know, Grandmaster. I, uh, you know, you're one of the the uh, the people that kind of guided me in that spirit of that warrior mindset as to that executive protection mindset, and okay. as well as the law enforcement, um, having the chance to talk with you about a couple of things, um, having a chance to be in, you know, a magazine with you and um, tell you that very few people, I think, really have the warrior touch. You know, they talk the game, um, (laughs) but they haven't spent the time, Grandmaster, doing uh, the dirty work, doing the hard work. (laughs) You know? Uh, I know. I I, I know. See, see, when you have to lay hands on people for real, 
Good. Then, then a lot of theory goes out the window when, right. when you got a no person, <laughs> and although they say no, you have to still do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different reality for a lot of people. Well, you know, it's interesting you're talking about the the, the war concept that you've been an approach at. I mean, how many? Uh, question for you: How many years now has have you been? Has that been in play? Because I know when I was talking with you, when I was coming up as a young, so I'm 50 now, you know, and I was, uh, it was quite a few years ago. Um, and, you know, that approach was still well in play, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, my war program really started when I was uh, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. It's when I start to really pencil it down, and uh, and look, I had a, a, a guy that worked for uh, Larry Flint, and he was a security guy, and he was a martial arts guy, and we had mm-hmm. a problem with a guy, and he said, "I'm going to do it," but he didn't know what to do because he didn't have his gi on. <laughs> he, he was he felt he felt out of water. He didn't hear a wow. snap. He didn't know. You know, he went to to try to grab a guy, and the guy was punching him, and he tried to reverse punch him, and it was just a, a shame. And I said, boy, you know, we need to to have something that's very simple, something very direct, and something that's understood, and what makes it work. So that's when I uh, really start to try to put on a uh, some sort of science to make it work. Um, so yeah, it's been in place about from the eighties, uh, nineteen eighty or seventy nine. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know, Grandmaster, I, um, you know, now through through life, I've, I've, you know, been through a couple pressure moments as far as interviews and experiences, but being in that room with you and 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 Curtis Long, um, with the chance knowing, I knew that if I if I you know, it was just on point a bit. I might get an opportunity. And, um, you know, I remember our encounter as one of um, the most empowering moments I, to this day, have ever had. Because it showed me, because you were totally in my corner. And you totally took me to task. I had to step up. I had to answer questions. I had to, to really speak on the topic. But you were always in my corner, and I think about what a sensei is. You know, um, I think about you're one of those examples that um, that guides people and reaches the heart. And you can task you can task somebody and still embrace them at the same time. And that's absolutely what you did with me and for me. Um, I mean, matter of fact, that was my first cover shot for for a magazine. And had you not okayed it, it wouldn't have happened. Oh. It, it was Curtis. Curtis Point Blake told me. He said, "I got to go ahead." He said, "Greg, I got to go <laughs> ahead for Master Stewart." Well, you know, I just, you know, I just, I, I never, I just want to say thank you again. Well, you're quite, quite welcome. It, but but it was well-deserved. It was well-deserved. 
Well, you know, I got mad love for you, Grandmaster, and you really are what the martial arts are all about. You know, thank you so much. You know, I just am I'm just proud to uh, to have uh, been a part of that process. Yeah. Well, I mean, you uh, you used to come by what I was teaching Selah in, in Inglewood and say Good. hello. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about that before the show, Greg. And you know what I remember about that day? They pulled clip in specifically for you. He was there at a photo shoot for Kalindi. Remember? Yep. Yep. And he pulled. They pulled him out of that photo shoot just to sit in with us. And the part I remember, because I'm getting dressed for this thing, I'm going to demo with Greg, and I said, I've got to, Greg's going to do something to me, I've got to wear my cup. I have to. <laughs> he's going to wreck my world. I know he is. He, I, sorry, I get dressed. He's, we're there. We're, you're in, this is in front of you, Curtis, and Mark Kamara. He kneels down and knocks on my groin to make sure I'm wearing a cup. <laughs> well, I, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. like, you know who you just did that in front of? Yes. I just had to call in real quick. Um, I have to run right now, but two things I wanted to say to you that uh, I love you deeply. And when I talk about what the role of the sensei is, a simple sensei that touches lives. You truly are one of those few that exemplify that. I am honored to be one of the people that you kind of put your hands on and, and put me on a path. And you were always a friend and a, and a master to me ever since that point. And I just hope you know that I remember you, I value you, and I hope the people listening to this show realize what a grandmaster that they are listening to, because I'm going to tell you, you're what it's all about. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Love you, grandmaster. And Love you I too, look brother. To see you again soon. Okay, be safe. Uh, Thanks for calling. Awesome. And that was uh, Soke Very Greg cool. Woldridge. Right on. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. We've got only 20 minutes left to our broadcast. So any listeners out there, if you want to call in, learn a little bit about Mahogur, Cliff Stewart, Seelot, or anything else, give us a call, 347-677-0699. Well, since we've only got like about 20 minutes, I kind of want to know a little bit more about the upcoming camp that you're going to be teaching at this weekend. It uh, it looks like just a, a, a great lineup of legends. I mean, you're going to be teaching alongside um, Dr. Ron Chappelle, uh, Steve Muhammad. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ahati uh, Kalindi E. I mean, you've got the, the, this lineup, folks that are listening. Oh, my goodness. If you're, like, in Woodland Hills, California, you have to check this out. I mean, this... The, this lineup is, is so is so cool, but can you tell us a little bit about the camp and um, sure. a little bit about what you might be teaching and all that? Uh, the camp is uh, what I call Camp of the Masters. It is a, uh, a camp that's been going on for uh, 10 years now, a decade. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this year I'm having uh, uh, Tendeka Paul de Trois passed away a year ago. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm having uh, uh, all the uh, gurus under him are going to be teaching at, at the camp. Mm-hmm. Plus, I have uh, Kalende. I have Dennis Newsom uh, from Capriera. I have mm-hmm. uh, uh, Master Graciela Casillas mm-hmm. uh, doing edge weapons. I have... Uh, uh, Gee, who else do I have? I have so many people, I, I forget. See, I have a list uh, here I mean, somewhere. I mean, we, have, <laughs> we have over 15 gurus that are, uh, uh, as for the Grandmaster Daryl asked me, about mm-hmm. the, uh, the Sarah and the Bhuta Nagara. Well, these gurus all studied for many, many years under them. Uh, Louis Campos is going to be there teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have so many. Maha uh, Stephen Plink is going to be there. He is the oh, cool. really the uh, 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 for uh, us here uh, after Pendecker died is really the leadership for the Sarah uh, for for the way that uh, uh, Paul taught it, and he's been able to even expand it and make it better. Um, so it is just a, a a situation that we'll have, as you said, 150 years of uh, of sea lot there. It'll be uh, I put 100 years on the flyer. I should have put 500 years of uh, of sea lot experience on the, uh, <laughs> on the flyer. And uh, and everybody is like it's like having great chefs. None of them will do the dish the same dish the same way. Doesn't mean it's is better or worse, but uh, viva la difference that uh, uh, that you will be able to have a chance to learn in depth in multifaceted ways how sea uh, lot is done. It is it is just a once in a lifetime uh, for me to have all these great martial artists at one spot. And then we have you said Dr. Ron Chappelle. Doing uh, mm-hmm. uh, sub uh, Kempo, uh, mm-hmm. uh, man, I don't, yeah, I don't know where, where to stop. We have uh, uh, Guru Frida uh, Doyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's uh, one of the few women gurus under uh, the Torah system. Uh, we have Guru Rodriguez, who is under uh, Victor Torah, and he'll be there. Another mm-hmm. great martial artist. Everybody there is a camp of uh, what I call camp of the masters because all of them are very, very high-level, proficient, skilled, and knowledgeable uh, in the arts that they do. Mm-hmm. I just found a partial list of all the instructors, so listeners out there, li- listen to this lineup because we've, we've got some legends here, um, as well as Mahaguru Cliff Stewart, uh, we've got Dr. Ron Chappelle, uh, who will be teaching the sub-level 4 Kempo. Um, also, uh, Sijo Steve Muhammad of uh, Wushur Shin Chuan Fa will be there. Uh, Master Kalindi E, African Martial Arts. Mestre Dennis Newsom of uh, Capoeira, Angola. Uh, Antoine Alferos, of, um, he'll be teaching Filipino blade fighting, as well as uh, Master Graciela Casillas uh, will be teaching, teaching blade fighting. Or Sorry, she'll be teaching... Uh, Filipino Blade and Stick Science, uh, Guru Thomas Lomax, um, 
Ellie Keelot Pukalon Pensak Silat, um, and of course Guru Frida Doyle. Um, she'll be teaching Silat right. healing and applications. That's probably a don't miss. And I'm I'm kind of bummed out that I ran out of money and can't come back to California <laughs> for this. <laughs> uh, Guru uh, Tony Vasquez, um, also Pensak Silat. Guru James Leach um, of Keelot Pensak Silat, and uh, this list also says also guest appearances from surprise instructors. And I think right. you already mentioned those those uh, surprise instructors as well. This is a lineup, folks. And um, since I already have this list up, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, when and where, um, if you don't mind. Um, It's going to be this weekend, and it's going to be at Ken Shokan Martial Arts Academy at 21139 Victory Boulevard um, in Canoga Park, um, California, 91303. Um, now, where is Canoga? Where's Woodland Hills? Where's Canoga Park, Bob? Where, well, where, where's that? I, I work, I work okay. in Canoga Park. It's about 17 miles from me, and I live in Burbank. Dude, <laughs> if you're not working this weekend, you should check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, 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 in, in the San Fernando Valley. It is, uh, uh, you know, we have a chance to... Uh, We'll start uh, Friday. I'm teaching war from about five five o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. until about eight thirty or nine. Saturday, we start at eight o'clock and finish oh, around sixish. Sunday, mm-hmm. we start at eight o'clock and finish oh, around sixish. If mm-hmm. you're a martial arts junkie or you want to do martial arts, if you want to see uh, uh, the real deal uh mm-hmm. i would urge you to uh to come mhm now are the pre reg is the pre registration window is that closed no right no, now it's not, it's not closed i've been doing this 10 years everybody oh, okay. comes at the same at the last minute so i'm i'm yeah. well uh, yeah so no you know the prices <laughs> will uh will will remain the same and okay. um you know and if you're a student or you're a active uh, military, then mm-hmm. it's 50% off if you have proper ID. Oh, very cool, very cool. So it looks like the day of the event fees, if you want to watch um, as a martial art junkie, it's $75. Um, if you're going to participate, it's $125 per day or 225 for two days. So, you know, for not much more than a spectator, um, entry you can actually participate folks so you know 125 dollars you know in relation to 75 dollars just watching you know just cough up the the, you know the extra dollars and participate you know Um, it'll be well worth it you mm -hmm. will never have all these instructors at one place at one time again yeah, and oh man, I'm <laughs> if I just wasn't so broke, <laughs> I'd I'd be there. I'd be like, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, well, come so, on, uh, come on as, as my guest. Aw, I do. I I wish I could. I you know I I'm actually going to be in Oregon for the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists training camp, and I kind of have to go because oh. I'm on the board of directors. Um, okay. but you know, if this was any other weekend um and i wasn't so broke 
letting you know I'd be there um, for this. Because this is, you know, when I looked at the list, I was like, I'm crying over here because I can't go. <laughs> All right. So in the last, in the last 10 minutes, um, Sifu Bob or Grandmaster Daryl, um, do you have any other questions for Mahaguru? I always have questions, but, you know, I, 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 I'm always, you know, wearing him out with questions. Uh, I'll tell you what, my last, my, my last question would be this. Guru, what advice would you give to somebody who is in the process of formulating their own type of system, style, whatever? What, what would be the process, the appropriate process to use in order to develop your own uh, system? So many out there really are not, I wouldn't say qualified to do it, but um, are trying to develop their own style, system, art, whatever. What what do you feel are the appropriate steps to use to do that? Oh, well, I think you should have, uh, it's, it's like going to school, right? Uh, you need to have a wealth of information if you're going to start your own anything. Um, you should have the ability to uh, do uh, whatever you choose to do. If you're going to be a striker, then you should understand striking. But uh, but to start a, a system, it should be uh, principle-based. That is, it shouldn't be, well, this is a judo technique, and this is a, uh, a show and root technique, mm-hmm. and this is this. Again, you should understand what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to throw a person, how do you take their balance? How do you stop them from stopping you? You should have all these questions answered before you can say that you are starting your own system. You should have a list of principles that you can use and that you can teach someone else uh, and make them successful in doing uh, your techniques or whatever it is you do because it has to be principle-based and not just combining a Cogma Gras uh, technique with a uh, small circle jiu-jitsu technique with uh, whatever it is. You have to understand the principles and how you deal with people who are going to be no people. That is, you say come here and they say no. Now what do you do? You say, don't hit me, and they try to hit you. What do you do? And again, you have to be able to explain legally as well as civilly your answers. And you could teach somebody to do something, and it still can come back on you. Well, he taught me to – I saw a training video one time uh, about edge weapons. This guy is sitting in the car. This other guy comes over to him. Not having a weapon, he puts his hand on his on the guy's wrist who was resting his arm uh, on the window. The answer to him putting his hand on his arm was to take his knife out and cut him. Wow. I, get, I guarantee you, you'll have big problems uh, mm-hmm. if you follow that, that line of reasoning to do mm-hmm. that. So, uh, uh, I mean, you have to be aware that that can come back and haunt you when you say, mm-hmm. well, he taught me to cut him up, cut his uh, arm. Well, you shouldn't have done it, but but mm-hmm. I paid him. 
He said, you know, this is what I learned. So it can it can come back to haunt you. So I'm mm-hmm. saying that it should be principle based, and you should be well skilled and enough to think that you can make a difference in your own individual art. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Very cool. Now uh, we've only got like five minutes left in our in our broadcast, and we have um, another caller on the line. Um, area code sixty six. If you would like to continue listening, um, just the way you are, just just uh, keep listening. But if you want to talk to Mahaguru, uh, please pl- please please press one, so that way I know to bring your mic up. But um, other than that, uh, what about you, Sifu Bob? Do you have any other last questions for Mahaguru? Well, I've, I've actually got one. I've got an email and this is sort of private. But uh, um, I grew. Uh, what what advice? Is, is is so, somebody young and impressionable approached you. What what is the best advice that you could give them? On let's say their question was, I would like to study martial arts. What's the best advice you could give them on finding a school, developing their art, etc. Well, I mean, you know, it, it it is all going to it's going to depend on their locations, their age, their ability to to pay, what their body structure is, what their you know it, it's a it's a whole number of things, and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I think that they should go to a place that they could feel comfortable with, that they can test out the 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 art, whatever art that is that they're trying to learn, and see if it suits them. See if, if they can apply it. Uh, see if it makes sense to them. Uh, and then if it doesn't, try another place. Uh, you know, go uh, a place that's going to provide you knowledge and comfort and to help you do for whatever reason you want to do martial arts. So uh, that's, that would be my advice, because all martial arts are good. Uh, the, the instructor is going to make the difference on, on, on how you uh, view martial arts and how you get to learn martial arts. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. It's great advice. Yeah, it is. I and I wish that we had a three-hour show. Because <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we uh, all three of us could just pick your brain about the martial arts uh, a lot more. But as uh, as uh, uh, Grandmaster Daryl does, and as as me and Bob do, there's there's always room for a part two to our shows. <laughs> so you know, hopefully, uh, maybe in the future, uh, we'd like to have you on again if that's possible. That's possible. You know, thank you so much for thinking of me to be on your show and spending your time with me uh, running my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's, it's our honor. It's, it's our honor, Mahaguru. So thank Thanks. you so much for taking the time out of your day for joining us. And thank you, Grandmaster Daryl, for joining us, too. It's always a pleasure to, to have you with us. Oh, and thank you, Daryl, for uh, calling and trying to aggravate me. Thank you. You know, anytime, Guru, that's my, you know, I love doing it. Uh, thank you, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the only people that aggravate each other on this show typically is Rusty and me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that we can pass on, pass that well, on to somebody else, well, right? Thank you so much right. for having me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so you much. Thank you, Thank you, and thank you, Grandmaster Daryl. 
You too. Yes, thank right. you. Salamat. Maraming salamat po. Salamat. Salamat. All righty. So, bye-bye. Thank you. Until next week, folks. Wow, that was an awesome show, wasn't it, Bob? That was that so great. Was, that went by so fast. I, 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 I had a blast. It. Yeah, it went by Me really too. fast. So until next week, folks, you know, have a great rest of the weekend. Well, I guess in my case, there's only a few hours left of my weekend, but have a great rest of the weekend. Have a great rest of the week. Train hard, be safe, and keep your eyes on the Dynamic Kojo Facebook page for next week's guest. Um, And it might be hosted by just Bob and another guest co-host because I'm going to be Why? at the Pacific Association I'm going to be at the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists camp that I just said earlier. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's, oh, so we're not going to yeah. do what we did last year? Oh, you mean um, it, it kind of depends. I'm on the board of directors so I'm going to be working as opposed to, you know what I mean? Every class that oh, happens I'm going to be working. Well, yeah. But know, I don't know. I we'll figure something have, out. Uh, Daryl Vidal volunteered. I don't know why he did it this week. He, he, asked, oh. he, he went to his wife and said, if you ever need one, think about Daryl. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. Let's do that. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. All right. Well, until next week, folks, keep your eyes on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. We'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye now.